calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. You guys, on the way here, I realized that January 22nd was our two-year anniversary. Aw, happy anniversary. We've done nothing about it. Happy anniversary, sweetheart. I know, we've done nothing. (laughs) What's the second-year anniversary gift? Like, the first year is paper, the second year is, like... I think it's, um... Because my friend just had her second. It's, like, cloth or something. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Fabric or something like that. Yeah. That's funny. Well, uh, I'm symbolically giving you a piece of cloth. Thank you so much. Happy second anniversary. (laughs) May our love prevail for many years to come. Absolutely. And (laughs) thank you all for uh, continuing to chime in in every week. No kidding. And be able to do it without you. We're two years older. We're all two years wiser. We would hope. We would hope. I mean, who knows? (laughs) I mean... Two years more jaded from the news. <laughs> yeah, I would I would say wiser and more jaded. Yeah, just absolutely. from doing the show, which is cautious. <laughs> yes, you know yes. we're cautious now. We don't leave our hearts wide open. We can't to We've be trampled been, on. Exactly. We've learned our lessons. Been hurt before. Yeah. Only once. Okay. So speaking of that, I just kind of I didn't do a lot of in depth stuff about the impeachment, but I just kind of wanted to do a very quick overview because. Things um, are happening pretty slowly, but yeah. things are changing, and so... And some things are, are kind of... I've got notes right now on, like, some roadblocks that are kind of being put up well, yeah. in the impeachment. Yeah, of course. So. Of course there are. And there's still a lot of debating going on um, on both sides. And Mitch McConnell basically was trying to dismiss this case uh, as quickly as possible. Yeah. So they really started the hearing in earnest on Tuesday, yeah. and he was basically saying that he wanted it to be done by the end of the week. Like, he wanted <laughs> he wanted an acquittal by well, the end of the week. yeah, I mean, they are going to be uh, discussing things today, Thursday, and tomorrow, Friday. Um, and Wednesday, well, you said it started on Tuesday, but on Wednesday, the House Democrats laid out all the evidence against Trump point by point, and the Republicans kind of just dismissed this as, like, this is old news. Like, we already knew all of this stuff. It was actually interesting to see the visual representation between, like, the Democratic side and the Republican side, because the Democratic side was basically, like, piled high with, like, notebooks and binders and paperwork, and then there was really, like, three notebooks yeah. <laughs> on the Republican side. Well, and the reason for that being is that there there is a um, 
a Republican senator by the name of John Kennedy, who is saying that it's likely that the Republican Senate hasn't even read the preceding transcripts. He says, I'm telling you, if you read the briefs, you will learn a lot and you will be very impressed. So this guy's kind of like, okay, like I'm willing to see what's going on. And the Democrats are wanting to get new um, witnesses. Right. Especially because the Republicans are like, this is old news. Like, we've already heard all this. So they're like, well, let's bring in this person and that person. And the Republicans are... No, no, no. They're are shutting everything down. Resistant to it. Yeah, but then, you, but then you can't say that there's no new information. Um, and the Republicans are also saying that for every Democrat witness called, a Republican witness should be called. Um, it, there was a talk at some point that Joe Biden would be subpoenaed by the Republicans and but Hunter why? would be subpoenaed like, by the Democrats. It makes no... They're not going to do it. It makes no sense. It's already been proven that they had nothing to do with this. There have been yeah. so many committees and so many... They're like, like the victims of it, really. It's been looked into so many times that yeah. it's just like bringing them in... The only reason why you would want to bring them in is for the optics yeah. of having them subpoenaed. There. Like, yeah. that that's really all it is. Uh, it makes no sense. Yeah. Um, well, and then, like, the Republicans aren't bringing in any witnesses. So, uh, to me, it just seems so childish to be upset about no new information or, like, why are we even having this trial where they're not even willing to bring in e- any of their own information either. They're right. not even bringing in someone who can, like give a good defense. They're not doing that. Mm-hmm. It's just so weird. Like, this is not a regular trial. It's so weird how, yeah. how it's going, you it, know? It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, if you want to torture yourself, there's <laughs> always, like, a live play-by-play on CNN. No, I'm good. Thanks Really so. not interested. But what I did find uh, interesting was the way that this is affecting the 2020 campaign. Yeah. The de- Democratic campaign, because, of course, there are three candidates who have basically had to put their campaigns on hold. Yeah. Um, Senator Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, and Amy Klobuchar are all stuck in this hearing. Yeah. So, I <laughs> like, mean, okay. while they've all made statements that are basically like, especially Bernie has been like, look, I, I know my supporters will understand I have to be here. I would yeah. rather be in Iowa right now, but I can't be. Um, so I'm, you know, sticking it out here because it's my duty to do so as a senator. It is. Which is great, but in the meantime, it's like people like uh, Pete Buttigieg is capitalizing on the fact that they're not there. And hitting his campaign trail hard, which I'm not a big Buttigieg fan, but it's smart uh, for him. I liked him a lot at first. Yeah. He's he's, going downhill for me, and it makes me sad, because I I, really, really liked him. I don't know what it was. Even in the beginning, I just had this weird, not, not... a bad feeling, just I was so indifferent towards yeah. him, I, and I don't know what it was that made me feel that way. You have good instincts. So, well, who knows? Who knows? I, I mean, I think that your instincts were pretty spot on, where, you know, there's nothing really wrong with him. It's just like. Do we really need more, you know, vanilla white toast? Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, vanilla toast sounds, that sounds actually like, delightful. Doesn't it? Um, Anthony's birthday is coming up, and he's not as big of a cake person. Even though you're making I, him bread, I really want to make him cake. You like, make a damn good cake. Cam. I really want to make him a pretty cake, but uh, he prefers bread pudding. So we're gonna do a bread pudding. We've been watching videos, my brother and I, on like different custards and like what kind of bread we should use. So I love that you I'm jazzed on it now. You are so obsessed with bread, and I love that you, with your brother who was visiting, you're like, let's watch videos about custards. He <laughs> like he put it on actually. Yes, uh, which was great. I mean, we together yesterday made um, apple cinnamon rolls. Oh, amazing! Keegan. They were so good. Okay, anyway, getting off track, but. Uh, Bernie Sanders actually, despite this, despite being stuck in this, you know, um, hearing for all this time, he 
is still kind of rising in the polls, he which is, is great. Yeah, he. Uh, I read something earlier where it's like some. He's up like seven percent or something, and he and Biden are like the two. He's going runners. up and up, and you know what? I'm a little surprised. I I don't know that I should be surprised, uh, but I am a little bit surprised because I think the media was trying to convince me in the beginning that he was not someone that we should even be concerned about. Yeah. Uh, so the fact that he is basically up you know, neck and neck with Biden at this point is really impressive, impressive. and just makes me so hopeful. Yeah. Um, so speaking of Bernie, that kind of brings me right into my next Perfect uh, thing. segue. So there's a documentary series coming out about Hillary Clinton on Hulu, okay. which, you know, she has her flaws. She's not a perfect person. No. I voted for her, of course. Uh, everyone knows that. But She's, you know, she's a complicated person. As we all are. As everyone is. She did something, though, that I don't think I like very much uh, in this documentary. What'd she do? It is... So, okay. She had an interview with, I think, The Hollywood Insider. Okay. I'll find it and put it in the in the sources in the notes. But she had an interview with The Hollywood Insider, I believe, and they asked her, in the doc, you're brutally honest on Sanders. She oh, says... God. He was in Congress for years. He he had one senator support him. Nobody likes him. Nobody wants to work with him. He got nothing done. He was a career politician. It's all just baloney, and I feel so bad for the people who got sucked into it. <gasps> and so the interviewer says, Hillary. that assessment still holds? And she says, yes, it does. <gasps> and then the interviewer... That's fucking dirty, mm-hmm. but what if she's right? I mean, hold on. Okay. We'll assess. So the interviewer says, if he gets the nomination, will you endorse and campaign for him? And she says, I'm not going to go there yet. We're still in a very vigorous primary season. I will say, however, that it is not only him. It's the culture around him. It's his leadership team. It's his prominent supporters. It's his online Bernie bros and their relentless attacks on his competitors. And she goes on and on. And I this really rubs me wrong because... First of all, with all that shit the DNC pulled during the 2016 primary, yeah, Bernie still supported her. Yeah, like when she got the nomination. Exactly. You know, and so for her to do this now, and at the time, I remember her coming out and applauding Bernie yeah. for being a team player. Yeah. So what changed here? And for so for her to come out and say this, and for her to come out and say he's a career politician, you're a Clinton. Yeah. Like you, you're a have Clinton. A dynasty. Yeah. Of politicians and so i'm just like to use that as an insult because that's what it feels like yeah you're, and I you're think that's what that it was intended as as an insult and i'm like you're a career politician so for you to say that is so dismissive and here's the thing if people don't like him <laughs> maybe maybe it's bad okay maybe he's a shitty person or Maybe he was trying to do something that establishment career politicians didn't like, you know, because a lot of what he does is kind of anti-establishment. And who knows exactly. But I really just... It just seems like a very bizarre comment to make in in this day and age and in this time because we are in such a need of um, all of us banding together. We really are, like, at the core of things. And she's not a part of the debate. She is not running for president. Her Mm -hmm. stance, she's really only doing it to sway... Right, you're feeding her this negativity. Yeah, it right. doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Like if it was one of the other candidates saying something like that, like that I could understand. Right. But Hillary has no stock in this and I don't understand why She's just bitter because all she ever wanted and look, I understand this. Look, yeah. She was in 
She was a career politician. She yeah. had been working her entire career. And she should have won. To she be won. president. And so I understand that she's still a little bit salty about the way that things went down. Of course. Of course she is. But it just seems unnecessary to... I would honestly just do a no comment. But like, there's no down- reason for you to say anything. If they asked you directly about what you thought about Bernie, there's no reason to say anything. Like, you could... And I feel like this is something that the right does... It is. Very well. But that, and that was my question is like, why is she bringing down Bernie when Trump beat her? She beat Bernie in right. the primary. Right. So why is she? It doesn't make sense for her to be rehashing I, I think that. It's because he's doing so well in the polls and things right now. And it's very possible that he could get the nomination. Yeah. And then um, it just, but it also just makes me wonder I'm like, is there anything that she's saying that has merit truth to it yeah it, it's something that i just never heard about bernie and that and it's concerning to me because it's just like you know i think that you're right that she obviously has some sort of agenda and there's a reason for why she's saying it it might just be to be vindictive and bring him down i don't know but i'm wondering why she would say not only just him but his whole like staff and everything and i also hate look of course we know the bernie or bust people were a problem yeah uh but to i i just hate that she is calling them Bernie bros. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that oversimplifies an entire group of people. It, it really does. And, and to call them bros, too, makes them seem very, like... Douchey. Frat yeah, bro. Frat bro Like, almost kind of white supremacist-y. Yes, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, Clicky. Yeah. And, you know... It, it's, it's just frustrating because something that the right does very well is stand together, mm-hmm. uh, for better or for worse, unfortunately, as we've seen with the Trump administration. <laughs> yeah. But... I, I heard it called, when I was listening to the Daily Zeitgeist earlier this week, they called what the left does a circular firing squad. Okay. It's like we spend so much time attacking each other yeah. when we should just be united. Because on the right, for right or wrong, they stay united with each other. Well, and you that's know? what they had... There was like a treaty or whatever that was signed before the whole campaigning started that at the end of the day, they were going to remain together during this process. And I think... We've had some bumps along the way, but I hope that we can get back to a point where we are banding together because that's the thing that everybody brings up during debate. It's not about just beating each other. It's about beating Donald Trump. Right. And that should be the primary goal. And, and, and it should be making sure that you are supporting your other candidates because you don't know if they are then going to be the person up against him. Mm-hmm. And you want to make sure that you're putting all that you can into them. Right. And I am really glad that we saw... Um, on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, we did see all of the Democratic candidates. They, you know, came out and marched arm in arm, and Elizabeth and Bernie were arm in arm. Yes. And it's kind of a thing where there is this thing that there, this media machine is trying to create this this controversy, and I think especially against Bernie yeah. uh, and Elizabeth uh, Warren because what they stand for is so anti-corporate. Yeah. It's anti-capitalist. Yes. It's anti-everything that we have had up until this point. And I think that freaks people because a lot of politicians, Hillary included, I think they have built their um, aspirations yeah. under the guise or under the assumption that this is how politics is done. Yeah. So if you have people coming in trying to change the game, they're like, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa. <laughs> I've spent my entire life becoming this, this person, yeah. and now you're going to rip it all away from me by trying to change it, yeah. you know, and, like, that's an issue for people. Well, because so. we fucking need some change in this country. Absolutely. You know? Okay. I am going to talk about Mr. DeAndre Arnold. Who? His name is DeAndre Arnold. He is a high school senior in Texas. He has been suspended uh, from school, and he has been banned from walking at graduation if he doesn't put <gasps> off his dreadlocks. Oh, I saw that. Oh, my God. Yes. So fucking infuriating. It's very annoying. So 
DeAndre Arnold states that his hairstyle symbolizes his Caribbean culture as his father is from Trinidad, and in Trinidad, it is common for men of higher education and status to wear their hair long and in dreadlocks and cornrows and things like that. He says he's been growing his hair out since the seventh grade. So that's like... So why is it a problem now? Because, okay, so... So obviously people are up in arms about this. This is clearly a race issue. It's incredibly racist. Mm-hmm. But the school district is saying that it's not about the style. They're saying that in the dress code books or whatever, it says that cornrows and braids are fine. They're saying it's the length of hair. Okay, what? So Which, you're, you're saying that, are they saying that boys can't have long boys hair? Boys can't have long hair. So in my school growing up in junior high, I went to a Catholic school. Boys were not allowed to have their hair touching their ears. It had to be cut once it hit their ears. Is this a private school? I Okay, so it's the Barbers Hill Independent School District, but it does not name the school. Hmm. So I don't know any details about this school. Out that school. Um, Out them. I know, right? Well, I'm going to out a little bit more at the end of all of this so people have it in their brains. So there was a public meeting on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, perfect, uh, where the racism involved uh, in this incident was discussed. You know, people were discussing how the dress code really is based around white people and making white people comfortable. You know, it really Mm -hmm. is like a lot of different cultures are not able to represent themselves or express themselves in any type of way when Mm -hmm. they're trying to fit into one specific type of Also, it's 2020. Yeah. Like, are we really having rules about how long boys' hair can be? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It's It's very old school. It's very weird. I'm like, is is. this 1960? Yeah. I even thought it was weird in school. I saw, I think I've told this story on the podcast before where... Uh, my friend in junior high grew his hair out really long over the summer every year and then got like a buzz cut in the beginning of mm-hmm. the year. And it was like halfway through the year, so his hair had gotten pretty long. And his mom, I know he was going through a really tough, t- tough time at home, and he and his mom hadn't gone to get him a haircut. His, our science teacher pulled him into the classroom and gave him a horrible haircut. I, I Don't touch my kid. Yeah. I would be so freaking oh, yeah. furious. For real. I mean, real. yeah, I just don't understand this. To me, if it's a, a private school where there's uniforms, look, I still think it's stupid, but yeah. it makes a little bit more sense. If you're talking about, like, a public, public school, school and this is part of your dress code, is that boys can't have long hair? Are you kidding me? Yeah. It's very weird. Well, it is Texas, too, so I don't know. But, um... The Alumni Association from this district plans to take this to federal court if the suspension is not retracted. And you can call and complain to the Barbers Hill Independent School District by calling. Are you ready? Get your pens and Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm, paper mm -hmm, out. mm -hmm. 281-576-2221. And that is for the Barbers Hill Independent School District. 281-576-2221. Call. Complain. Talk just, about DeAndre Arnold. He needs to graduate with his class. He is a senior in high school. I just can't imagine, like, this is... Do you have no other problems in your school? This is the cross you want to bear, apparently. Yeah, this is the yeah, hell you want to yeah. die on? Like, you want to suspend someone for this? That's And not let him walk at graduation? Really? Absolutely so, like, he'll insane. Still, I'm confused. So he's suspended, but then he must be allowed back into school, but then he's just not allowed to walk... At graduation, and, so he and would still graduate, but like he they wouldn't would send him his his certificate. But that's disgusting yeah. because to me, then that seems like he's or still diploma. graduating. They're not taking the diploma away from him, but they won't let him represent their school by walking across at graduation. Yeah. That's what that sounds like to me. Fuck they don't you. want him representing their school, Honestly. which I think is complete fucking bullshit. Agreed. Uh, so there, some more bullshit for you. Good. There is a woman in Utah. Which, when I read this, having lived in Utah, I was like, ah, yes, of course. Uh, There's a woman in Utah who is facing criminal charges uh, for being topless in her own home. What? Okay. So, uh, (laughs) the prosecutors are arguing that 
women's chests, not men's, of course, are considered lewd in American <gasps> society. So on January 22nd, a judge agreed with prosecutors' interpretation of existing lewdness laws. You're cupping your breath. Existing lewdness laws? I'm being very lewd right now. Yes. I didn't know there were lewdness laws. I mean, I guess it makes sense, like, um, nudity in public. But that would be like public indecency laws, wouldn't it? It'd be more like in. I mean, Lewdness? to be fair, these laws seem ancient. Yeah, so, they do. Sorry, continue. I didn't mean no, to, no, no worries. I didn't mean to distract you by me groping myself. <laughs> so there was a motion to declare that the lewdness statute was unconstitutional, uh, but the judge was like, nah, he agreed with prosecutors. So Tilly Buchanan says that she and her husband uh, were hanging drywall in their garage, and so they both took their shirts off to work in the garage. Okay. And Is she braless? Braless. Okay. Yes. So they're that topless. That sounds, like, uh, sounds kind of sexy. It sounds dangerous like, to me. I'm like, I don't want to hang drywall topless, but you do you. Yeah. Okay? My, I feel like my nipples would be very vulnerable. I'm, I'm in danger. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't want to do that, but both of them, I guess for whatever reason, they sounds kind of sexy. They didn't want to get dirty, so they both took their uh, tops off Or to they work. wanted to get really dirty. <laughs> uh, so, uh, his children, so it's her and her husband, and then I guess he had children from a previous relationship. And so his children, who were 9 and 13 at the time, walked into the garage and saw them both topless, and when the children told their mother, their mother went to child welfare officials, and um, Tilly Buchanan was then charged with a class... A with three class A misdemeanors, which come with the possibility of jail time. And if she is convicted, she will also spend 10 years on the sex offenders <gasps> registry. And of oh, course, my God, they're making the argument that's like, because for a long time with this like free the nipple movement, it's basically been like male nipples are not sexualized. Female breasts are sexualized. Yeah. So she's like, we were both topless. And it's in her own home. And like, yes, these aren't your biological children. But to act like she is a sex offender, like this is some kind of like lewd sex act or sexual offense. Yeah, she uh, wasn't doing anything inappropriate with the children. And the fact that they came in, I believe that that's, that's a, a family's decision and a and a individual decision what you choose to do in your own home right i mean and like there are like you've ever, you've heard of like a naked house like if someone was grow like grew up in a naked house where they've seen their parents naked and it's not a big deal and like i saw my mom naked all the time oh and same i understand the argument of like if that's what you're going to do you need to bring the parent in on it so like yeah. you need to have the discussion with the mother right i think that there's more that could have happened but also like it doesn't say whether this was, like, a typical thing, if they're just walking around the house naked, or if this was a thing where they're in, I would assume, their closed garage, and they yes. took their shirts off and were doing... That's they my were, understanding. They were just probably being silly, or I don't know. Like, it's not... It doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal to and me. And they probably didn't anticipate the kids coming in, would be my guess. Like, they were in there working. Yeah. You know, and they didn't anticipate the children coming in. And so for the mom to take it to child welfare seems... I think this should have been something that's handled within the family. She could be like, hey, can you not do that in front of my kids? Yes, please. Please don't. Yeah, yeah I, I don't like it. Um, that's something that you should have consulted me There's on. There's got to be some other shit going on, like some feuds. Absolutely. And like, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so in court, Buchanan's attorneys argued that recently the Tenth Circuit Court ruled in favor of two Colorado women who went topless as, as part of the Free the Nipple movement. And it argued that laws mandating that women cover their chests without holding men to the same standards are discriminatory. Yeah. But in Utah, prosecutors say uh, the cases are not the same. And the judge, Judge Kara Pettit, uh, agreed, and she told the Salt Lake Tribune, 
the portion of the law that Buchanan is charged under is much different. It prohibits lewd behavior by both men and women in front of children. But then the man should... And also requires prosecutors to show that the defendant exposed themselves and knew their actions would either cause uh, affront or alarm to the children or with the intent to arouse or gratify sexual desires of either party. It does not seem like she was trying to gratify any kind of sexual desire. No. It may have caused affront or alarm to the children. But that's but, something that could have been worked out within the home. And that is a cultural issue. And she says, like, uh, Tilly Buchanan says that when it happened, she tried to make it a teachable moment for the children where, um, and I believe they're both they're both girls, I think okay. the kids are. Oh. And she told her stepchildren a woman's chest wasn't inherently sexual and that if they were comfortable seeing their dad's chest, it shouldn't be any different for her. And I understand it. There, there are complex dynamics at work coming from a blended family. Like, there are complex dynamics at work when you're talking about step-parents, step-children. Mm-hmm. I understand it's not quite the same thing as seeing your biological parent, yeah. right? But still, <laughs> it's bananas. This woman could literally go to jail. She could go to jail, and she could be on the sex offenders registry for being topless in her own house. That is... I can't believe that it's even gotten this far. Yeah, it's insane. I can't believe that so many people are backing the prosecution on this. Like, that's crazy to me. Well, it's Utah. I know, but still. Like you said, it's 2020, everybody. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to bring up one more thing really quick. Tinder has started working with a company called Noonlight, where which is a safety app, basically, mm-hmm. that tracks your location and things like that. So they are working with Noonlight to create um, a portion of Tinder where you can write the details of who your date is, where you're going, and Great. it can track your phone. Amazing. And if you hit this alert button, um, an alarm will be uh, triggered on the app, and emergency services will have all of your information. So you don't Fantastic. have to call 911. You don't have to do anything. They already know all of your information. This feature should be added by January 28th, and along with this, Tinder has added photo verification, which detects inappropriate messages and allows a user to report it to the sender. So I know that there are already, like, report buttons. I've really never really used Tinder. Me neither. Um, But I know that there are, like, ways to report people, but I guess with this photo verification, it's, like, helping the safety of, like, who you're talking to and... uh, you can more easily probably report the actual person and not just the profile, you know, things like that. Yeah, good on Tinder, man. I think that's, that's amazing. Great. Yeah, that's really great. I think really it's great. Because mm-hmm. now it's like, you know, it's one thing to tell your friends, this is where I'm going to be. All the, but they, you know, you have Find My Friends, you can, like, track them a little bit, but it's good to know that there is a security system out there where you can get immediate help without having to make it obvious. Right. Like, and That I, makes things really safe. I had told people forever, I'm glad that they have this feature now, but, you know, uh, I do have a dating podcast, and so I have told people for forever, my friends who were dating, I was like, I know it's annoying, I know you're an adult, and you don't want people checking in on you all the time, but screenshot, if you're going out on a date with somebody screenshot their profile, send it to all of your friends, like, let us know where you are, then you don't have to check in with us, you know what I mean? But just, like, at least we know, so if the next day we can't get a hold of you, we We have have your information. We have somewhere to start, you know what I mean? We know who you were with. Like, and I know that that sounds overkill to a lot of people, but, like, you always think it's not going to be you until it's you. So just be super safe. Yeah, Yeah. always. Do you have anything else, or is that it for you? That's it. I'm, like... Out of breath right now? I don't know why. <sighs> Just really 
did a marathon there. The anger, you know, it's just certain to me. All right, you guys, if you have anything that you want us to talk about next week, if there's anything that we missed, if you want to send in a sister solidarity story or just an email of any kind, go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. You can also direct message us on our Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. We have a Facebook business and a group page. Go ahead and rate and review us on our business page and comment with your fellow listeners on the group page. We also have a Twitter at Yanf Podcast. Y-A-N-F Podcast. Wow. I was like, podcast. Podcast. Um, what the blah, blah, blah. Oh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts as well. We really, mm-hmm. really appreciate when you do that. And also, if you don't already, listen to us on Radio Public. It's a free way for you to listen and it helps us out just a teeny tiny bit. That is all we have for you today. Mm-hmm. With all that being said, we encourage you to rage on. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.